Well, good morning. I thought maybe I would, since we left some decorations up in VBS, I'll show you a little bit. Now, listen, this is way tamed down from what I wore this week, okay? But uh, I, I was dressed a lot crazier than this every single day this past week. Honestly, this takes me back to Saved by the Bell days. Um, I always wanted to be Zach Morris, so there you go. Uh, this past week, here's what I want to do. I just want to celebrate VBS for a second. So if you had anything to do with VBS, like lighting matches, like volunteering, actually leading a small group, uh, making snacks, I don't care what you've taught up here on stage for VBS, just stand up real quick. Oh, we got a sign. We even got a sign right here. Stand up real quick. Come on, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Let us give you a thank you. Thank you, guys. Seriously. Uh, so we have 453 kids, 219 volunteers, but this is the number that blows my mind. Okay, $3,869.56 raised for Mohi so that we can buy Bibles for kids as they start school this year. That's our kids. Yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. So very thankful for VBS. So I'm going to pray for us as I do. I'm going to take this off, so uh, I'm not going to keep wearing this the entire time, but let's pray. Jesus, we do. We thank you so much for VBS this past week. We thank you for uh, the kids. We thank you for each and every single one of them that walked through the door this week and got to learn a little bit more about you, Jesus. Uh, I thank you for the volunteers, for the student leaders, uh, for all that were involved, whether it was decorations, whether it was lighting matches, whether it was leading small groups and having those conversations, uh, we are just thankful. We're so thankful for what you did this past week. God, I pray that you would continue uh, to just water those seeds that were planted this past week, that you would continue to help those kids grow to come to know you in a greater way. And this morning, we pray that same thing for us as we continue this series in Bloodlines. Bless our time together. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you know how we have started every other sermon. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 is where we'll start Jesus' bloodline. And we will start in verse 12. Yep. All right, here we go. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiachim, the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud, and Abiud was the father of Eli. Here we go. See, names. Elikim, okay? Today we're going to be looking at Zerubbabel. That's a fun one to say, all right? It's a mouthful. It's going to be a lot today. Uh, Zerubbabel. And, and as I started to think about and look at his story in the Bible, there's one thing that kind of became really, really apparent. It's like, it's not told just in one book of the Bible. And so I started to think about how should we go about learning about Zerubbabel? And uh, then I remember this movie from 2008, okay? The movie is entitled uh, Vantage Point. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie before. Um, I, I guess I won't necessarily recommend it. It's PG-13. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it's an interesting movie because the way that it was produced was like no other movie that had been produced yet on the big screen. And this is how this, the, the movie went. And in fact, the, the whole like situation that you see that took place maybe is 20 minutes long. But what happens is you start to see this movie, and I love, like, the, the, the trailer was great. It's like, 
eight different, eight strangers, uh, each with a different piece of the puzzle. And so what happens is they play the movie through for 20 minutes and you see this one stranger's perspective of this event that's taking place. This event is a assassination attempt on the American president in Spain. And, uh, what happens is when you get to the end of that person's experience or vantage point, it rewinds and you start the story over. So like every 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes in the movie, you go back to the very beginning of the movie and you see that scene of uh, the president's you know, caravan coming down the street to this, this giant courtyard uh, in Spain. In every single vantage point, you see, you learn something new about the story and you see it from a different angle. And, and what ends up happening is at the very end, they put it all together and you see the very ending for the last like five minutes. But like each time you learn something new about the story. And when I think about the story of Zerubbabel, well, I really do feel like it's, it's, that's what it is. Like we get these different vantage points in, in scripture that we get an idea of the story, but each one gives us a different piece. And so this morning we're gonna, we're gonna use our Bible. So if you have your Bibles, you better have it out and open and be ready because we're gonna, we're gonna jump in with vantage point number one, which gives us uh, this idea of permission, all right? So if you have your Bibles, jump back to Second uh, Chronicles, Chapter 36, it's the last chapter of Second Chronicles. And uh, in this chapter, we're kind of given the permission, okay? So uh, we need to understand, just as we just read in Matthew's genealogy, this was the Babylonian exile. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had come in and, and taken all the people out of uh, Judah and they destroyed Jerusalem and they destroyed the temple. Uh, and completely wiped it out. And so this kind of helps us understand that this is a moment where in the history of God's people, they're given permission to go back and to begin building this temple. So 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 22. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus and put this proclamation in writing and sent it throughout his kingdom. This is what the King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a temple in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go there for, for, go there for this task and may the Lord your God be with you. So here they've been displaced, right? They're not, not in, currently in Jerusalem and, and King Cyrus comes into power and he says, hey, this is what's supposed to happen. You're gonna go back and you're gonna build, rebuild this temple. And one of the people that are in this, I was imagine the, the movie, like uh, the first vantage point you get in the movie, you see Forrest Whitaker, if you know who that is, actor. Um, you see him, but you don't meet who he is, but you can kind of tell by the way they're showing you the picture that, that he's gonna be important, right? And eventually you get to his vantage point. A little bit the same with Zerubbabel. Like uh, he's one of these people. And as he's giving this, King Cyrus is saying this to the people. I imagine like the camera would zoom around and you'd see Zerubbabel. I have no idea what he would look like, but he'd be there, right? Like <laughs> the dude had to look cool. He's got a great name, all right? And, and so here it is that they've been given permission. And we know this now to go back and build the temple. Now we need to understand this. Like when King Nebuchadnezzar came in, he burnt the temple to the ground. So there's nothing left there. Like this is starting over. And Zerubbabel is one of the leaders who will eventually step in and begin to do just that. All right, so you don't have to turn the page in your Bible because we see vantage point number two just on the other page of your Bible in Ezra, okay? So look there in Ezra chapter 
one, because what happens is real quick, we catch, we catch on to uh, not just this permission that's been given, but now a little bit of context. And then we're going to see real quick this third vantage point. But before we get there, let's read a second. All right. Verse five. Chapter one, Ezra. Then God stirred the hearts of the priests and Levites and the leaders of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple of the Lord. All their neighbors assisted by giving them articles of gold and silver, supplies for the journey and livestock. They gave them many valuable gifts in addition to all the voluntary offerings. King Cyrus himself brought out the articles that King Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the Lord's temple in Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his own gods. Cyrus directed Methidral, uh, the Persia, excuse me, the treasure of Persia, to count these items and present them to Shesh, Shesh Bazar, the leader of the exiles uh, returning to Judah. Now you get this list, and I'm not going to read you the list, but it's a lot of articles, right? It says 5,400 articles, and so here, not only are they getting now, now getting permission to go build the temple, but now they're getting all the articles, all the things that were stolen from them. They're getting those back, and with Chef's Bazaar is Zerubbabel. And so these two are in charge of now going back and rebuilding this temple. And, and it's a big task. Like this is, a, this is not just the temple, like the building, right? This is the presence of God immense amongst them. And so for them, it's a big deal. Like not only do we get to go back to our homeland, but now we get to rebuild the thing that is the very center of our livelihood. What, what gives us the symbol of God being with us? And that's a big task. And that's something that's not going to come easy. It's not going to happen fast. And yet they're sent back to do just that. What we're going to see in a second is that it doesn't just happen as easy as one might think. So turn the page over to chapter four of Ezra. We're going to read verses one through five, because here's what happens when they start to rebuild. We all know that this happens, right? things begin to go wrong. Things begin to become difficult. Verse one, it says this, the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard the exiles were rebuilding a temple of the Lord, the God of Israel. All right, let's pause for a second. It says the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard. So when they left, when they were exiled, there were people who were obviously left behind at some point. And these people were, were enemies of Judah. And so they kind of filled in the land. Like nobody's here. They're gone. We can take over. We can uh, use this land. And so when they come back, here's who? The enemies of Judah, the enemies of the people of God. They're still there in the land. And so they've returned. And immediately upon returning to getting ready to rebuild the temple, they're excited. We get to go home. We get to rebuild this temple. And then this happens. Verse two. So they approached Zerubbabel and the other leaders and said, let us build with you for we worship the God just as you do. We have sacrificed to him ever since. Whew, I didn't practice one. Esra Haddon of Assyria brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Jeshua and the other leaders of Israel replied, you may have no part in this work. We alone will build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, just as King Cyrus of Persia commanded us. Now here's the deal. Why would the enemies want to help them rebuild the temple? Right? Why would they want to join in? Hey, we're going to rebuild this. And they say, hey, we worship the same God you worship. Well, because 
to them, there's only one, one of two options. Either one, they're, they're so scared of them that they want to become really close to them, right? Or two, they're just joining forces with them so that they can stall them, so that they can mess them up, knock them off track. You see, but, but God gave Zerubbabel the wisdom to know this is not, no, no, you're not called to rebuild this temple. We are called to rebuild this temple. We don't want to have anything to do with you. Why? You are the enemies of us. Why would we ask you to come help? Now, listen, it would have been easy to ask them to come help because they're there. They have resources. They've lived in this land for a long time. It would be very, very simple for them to do that. But Zerubbabel knows that that's only going to cause them issues. And so this morning, this is where we lead ourselves to is when we read Zerubbabel's story, we get this idea that when we build, there's always going to be a battle. There's always going to be a battle. When we build the kingdom of God, last spring, we talked about the way forward, the way forward of White River. And there was three things that we talked about in that series, right? Belong. We want people to belong uh, at this church, belong to Jesus. It's what Jesus invited us into. Come, follow me, belonging. We want people to become, I'll make you. Jesus says, I'll make you into something. We want people to becoming more like Jesus here. And then the last thing is build, fishers of men, building the kingdom of God. And what we know is to be true is when we build the kingdom of God, Satan doesn't like that. Right? When we take a step forward for the kingdom of God, the gates of hell are going to storm back at us. There's going to be a battle back towards us. I can tell you this. I'm going to let you in on my marriage to my wife this morning. And don't worry, honey. Right? She, she said right before I came up here, she's like, I didn't read your sermon this week. I'm like, yeah, you didn't. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> um, right? Like anytime her and I, like, we go on a trip, like a mission trip. Uh, we go to CIY. One of us goes, one of us doesn't. Anytime we do something this past week, VBS, leading VBS, both of us were here helping out with VBS. Uh, when we invest in another couple, anytime we make a step forward for the kingdom of heaven and we do something like that, what happens? Almost every single time Satan comes after our marriage. The next thing you know, her and I are not. Something went wrong. One of us takes something personal. And the more and more I'm aware of spiritual warfare in my own marriage, more and more I find myself looking at my wife and saying, hey, this is not you, this is not me, this is Satan trying to mess with you and I. Can we just call it what it is and figure out how to overcome it, right? Because we just had an amazing week, an amazing week of VBS. And then guess who was at each other yesterday? Right? <laughs> who was it more than the other? Just kidding. It was me. It was me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding, right? Why? Because Satan doesn't want us to gain ground. Right? As soon as the rubber bull comes back, he's got permission. He's got everything he needs. He has the people. They're all fired up. What happens? No, no, no. We're going to have some people who are going to come mess with you. Right? Now, understand this. The, the, the enemy wasn't the people, even though scripture tells us that is the enemies of 
the people of God. The enemy is Satan. Satan manipulates the people because he keeps manipulating. If you keep reading this story in Ezra, what you see is that these people start to write to the new king because there's a new king that comes across, Artaxerxes, who he comes into power and he doesn't love the people of God. And so all of a sudden here, Zerubbabel and Sheshbazar, they build the, the foundation for the temple. And they got the whole foundation done. They're making great progress. Morale's up. Everybody's excited about the temple. And then all of a sudden, King Artaxerxes says, I heard some people tell me that you are building this and we're going to shut this down. You're done. You can't build the temple any longer. Could you imagine that? Like Zerubbabel, who's been in, in, in exile and, and they're all of a sudden they're given permission. They go home, they get to start building. They can see it. They can see it. The temple is going to be here again. And then all of a sudden, because some people on the land that don't like them, right back to the king and then this new king and this new king comes in and says, well, I don't care what the last king said. This is what this king says and we're not doing it any longer. You got to stop. And so they stopped. They couldn't build. I love this quote that I read in a commentary because it's true. Derek Kidner said, from this point onward, Right to the end of Nehemiah, there is conflict. Nothing that is attempted for God will now go unchallenged and scarcely a tactic be unexplored by the opposition. From that point forward, any step forward to build, rebuild the temple, to rebuild the kingdom of God, like physically, he's rebuilding the kingdom of God. Like the group of people, he's also rebuilding that at every point, there is opposition. Every point, because you can't build without a battle. Vantage point number four. This is encouragement because at this point, I can't, if I were Zerubbabel, I'd be just devastated. Well, then I guess we're just gonna have to stop. I guess we're just gonna have to quit. I guess we're not gonna be able to do it. And God knows that that's going on. And so God sends two prophets to talk directly to him, to give him a message. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to Haggai. Now you might have to look this one up because it's only two chapters. If you have to, no problem, do that. And Haggai comes to Zerubbabel with a message from the Lord. He's speaking on behalf of the Lord. And he comes to encourage them as this, the temple has, the work has stopped completely. There's no work being done. And, and honestly, for Zerubbabel, I'm sure it felt like, like, I don't know if it's gonna continue. I don't know if we're gonna be able to continue. Maybe we could, maybe we won't. And yet here comes this prophet who has words directly from God. And he says this in chapter two, verse four. But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. I hear you. Absolutely discouraged. They've stopped work. They're not moving forward for the kingdom because they're told they can't. And then all of a sudden a prophet comes and says, hey, God says this. 
I'm with you. You can do this. You can start working again because I'm going to be there every step of the way. It might feel like you've been abandoned right now. It might feel like all of a sudden you faced a battle and there's not, there's nothing that you can do, but that's not true. That's not true. In fact, I want you to get to work for I'm with you. And I love, he says, it says the Lord of heaven's armies, because there's no King, there's no power. There's no army that can come up against his. My spirit remains among you just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. Listen, God says, I've our, look at Egypt. We just, we actually just preached on this not too long ago. You can remember this. Look at that series that all the stuff that God did for Egypt to release them, to bring them back into their own land, to provide for them. That same God is with you, Zerubbabel. That same God is telling you right now to start rebuilding him because I am with you. You don't have to worry about King Artaxerxes because I've got this under control. Start building the temple. Get back to work. Get back to what you were doing. And so that's exactly what they do. They get back to work and continue to build the temple. And I love this. I just love that he says, be strong. Be strong for I'm with you. It's not our strength, right? It's his strength. He's with us. Be strong for I am with you. Because you know what? If you're going to build the kingdom of God, you're going to enter into a battlefield. You just are. And Zerubbabel did. And then it was kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Well, don't forget you have the Lord of heaven's armies behind you. Stop worrying about what you're going to do now. Just keep doing what I've told you to do. And then we get vantage point number five. It's one book to the right, Zechariah. So you can flip with me. Maybe if my Bible would stop flipping back. Chapter four, verse six. I love this part. So I'm, I imagine that Zerubbabel started to get back to work, kind of dragging his feet, maybe a little bit, not sure exactly how in the world they're going to do this because when they figure out that there's, Bad things are going to happen. And then Zechariah comes. In verse 6, it says, Then he said to me, this is God said to Zechariah to tell Zerubbabel, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Now notice a couple things about this. One, he says, it's not by force or by strength, but by his spirit. His spirit is what's going to sustain Zerubbabel through this battle. Because why? Because we already know who won the war. He's already run the war. He's going to sustain you through the battle. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain will stand in his way. It will become a level playing field before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone, listen, this is right in the middle of it. This is in the thick of it. He's rebuilding the temple. Every single stone is going to be a battle. But Zechariah says, when we, when we lay the final stone, may God bless it, may God bless it. They're going to celebrate Look, from the moment that you left 
Babylon, to the moment that final stone is set, I have been with you and will be with you. Nothing's changed. It's not, yes, you're going to end up running into issues and things that are going to take place that are going to slow you down and stop you. And see, here's the truth for you and I. It's the exact same for us. If you want to step in and build the kingdom of God, you want to do something for the kingdom of God and take a step forward, guess what? Satan's going to come after you. You know, one of the things I told our students when they come back from CIY, hey, get ready. Because about an hour after you get home from this trip, you walk off that bus and you go back to your house, Satan's coming for you. I didn't tell them that to scare them. I told them that because that's the reality. You were just on the mountaintop. You just met with God. Awesome things just happened. And the second that you come off of that, guess who's not going to be happy about it? Satan, the evil one, the prince of darkness. He's going to come after you. He's going to come after you. One of my favorite stories from this past week. <laughs> this makes me laugh. Uh, Monday, okay. You want to know who's fired up for the kingdom of God right now? Is our high school kids. Who's fired up is our middle school kids. You want to know, uh, we had a work day uh, for our high school students uh, to help us with some of the decorations for BS. They got them all done. We thought we'd have to have two more work days. I don't know what happened, right? They're just fired up. And so they come in, they lead on Monday. They're all fired up. They all are just, I mean, just excited to be together. So they're like, let's just, let's just do something else together. And we had nothing else to do. And so they're like, let's go to lunch. So they all head to lunch. They go to a restaurant here in Noblesville. They're all fired up. I don't know if you knew this. We all had like extremely bright colored shirts on. And so they go looking like neon just threw up all over them. And they walk into this restaurant. They're on a spiritual high. They're fired up. They just had day one of VBS. They're so excited to meet their students, meet the kids that they have for the week. And they're just laughing and having a great time. And as they're coming up to get their orders, the person who's making their food says, where'd you guys just come from? And our high school kids are like, we're doing a VBS. This is why River Christian Church. The kids are awesome. We did this today. We're going to do this this week. I mean, like the lady, I don't even know if they answered her question, right? And she's like, she catches it. She sees it. And she says, could my son come to your VBS? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> just come tomorrow. We'll get him set up, right? I kid you not, I did not know this story. Tuesday, a woman walks up to me in the lobby with her son and says, hey, we're here to check in for the first time. We heard about you guys having a whole lot of fun here. And I'm like, this room right over here. Had no idea this was the kid, right? She said, we heard that you're having a whole lot of fun learning about Jesus here. Why? Because our high school kids were fired up. Why? Because just like Zerubbabel, like they were ready to go and take a step forward for the kingdom. Right? Did, did, did those kids get attacked during the week? 100%. I knew it. As soon as I heard the story, I started praying for him because I'm like, Satan's going to come after them. They're gonna, he's going to come after them. He did one of them specifically. I just kept praying for him and kept praying and, and made it through the week. He led great, but there were some, I mean, there were some attacks. Why? Because he got all fired up at a restaurant in Noblesville and started telling some lady about VBS. Zerubbabel built the kingdom one brick at a time. You and I get a chance to build the kingdom one person at a time. 
Here's the reality. You can't build the kingdom of God without a battle from the evil one. You can't, you can't do it. And listen, for you, maybe today you're thinking, well, I'm not really sure if I'm in a battle with Satan right now. Well, my question would be, how are you building a kingdom? Because if you're building a kingdom, he's gonna come after you. He just is. You kidding? I woke up this morning feeling awful. Why did I wake up this morning feeling physically awful? Because we just had VBS and it was amazing. And I gave high fives to all those little burgers twice a day. They probably gave me some kind of sickness, right? But you know what? I wasn't sick until this morning when I had to get up to preach. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It's Satan coming after us. Because why? Because we're building the kingdom of God here. Because we're building the kingdom of God here. And that same God, the same God that sent them back to build the temple, the same God that put his presence in that temple so that they knew, hey, it's not by your power or by force but by my spirit, that same God is the same God that sent Jesus that we talked about on this stage for these kids this past week. It's the same God that sent Jesus to take our place, die in our place, to take the punishment for our sins so that we could do what? Be a part of his kingdom and build his kingdom. That same God wants to use you and I to do just that right here, 1685 North 10th Street, to build the kingdom of God. And so this week, I, I just asked, what step do you need to take to build into the kingdom of God? To take the words that were spoken to Zerubbabel and take them to heart. It's my spirit. I'm with you. I am the God of heaven's armies. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much. Thanks for coming and dying on a cross for us. Thanks that this past week, we got to share that with 453 kids that we do what Jesus does. We, we love the way Jesus loves. We believe in people the way Jesus believed in people. We are to share about you, Jesus. Thanks for those high school kids and those middle school kids that are fired up and now our elementary kids that are on fire. God, would you just continue to light a fire across this church? Would you use us to build your kingdom? Will we learn from Zerubbabel that even in the middle of a battle, you are on our side, the one who's already won the war. Would you give us everything we need to battle in a healthy and in a great way this next week? Help us to gain ground for your kingdom. Jesus, we love you. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen.